BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I'm Vic. And I'm Obs. And we have so much to say. About what though? Life, meaning, purpose, trying to figure out all of the super complicated stuff about what it means to be alive. That's deep. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like it will be easier because we're doing it together. True. Each week, we're reading one chapter of Eckhart Tolle's book, A New Earth, and then recapping what we learned right here on this podcast. So it's kind of like a book club. Kind of. This is going to be so much fun. We love this book and hope you do too. Get ready to awaken to your life's purpose with us. Let's get started because we have so So much much to to say. say. Hello, everyone. Yay. I'm so excited for this episode because I have so much to say. (laughs) I have so much to say and so many questions for you. Aubrey and I have had a few phone calls this week more than usual and have both been like biting our tongues not to talk about the book and this chapter. So good. So juicy. I do think I want to quickly do a circle back on the little moment that I had last episode. Do we recall? We we had a little naked and afraid moment, <laughs> and we were vulnerable, and yeah. have we had any conclusions since then? So I wanted to figure out the answer, or like, I just felt like I left that conversation naked and afraid, and I wanted to kind of close the loop. So I did some researching to try to find a moment that Eckhart had talked about, what I believe is truly, how do you pair ambition and the drive to be successful in life with like the work that we're doing in this book? And I found a video, it said something like overachiever. So if anyone out there wants to go find it, type in like Eckhart Tolle overachiever and there's a YouTube video. But he said, he didn't answer it specifically, but he basically said something along the lines of as long as you are able to feel satisfied and fulfilled, 100% at peace with the moment that you're in and not need a a future destination or a future thing that technically doesn't exist because all we have is the now to make you feel fulfilled. Of course, you can have a desire to like be better at things or improve things, but it's about being fulfilled by the process and the journey because that's the presence as opposed to I can't be fulfilled, rest or sleep until I get to this future moment. Does that make sense? Like the the climb by Miley Cyrus. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> it's the journey. It's not about the destination. Wait, what does she say? Doesn't matter how long I get there. It's been a while. Thank you. This is now a singing podcast. Yeah. Well, thank you for not me being so serious and Aubrey just saying, it's like the climb. Dude, Miley (laughs) serious too. (laughs) No, she does have some bangers. But yes, I would say it's similar to the climb and maybe I should rock out to that later today. The last thing I'll say before I STFU and then we get into having... SMTS. Did you follow those acronyms? 
Oh, absolutely. I'm like, you can't STFU here. <laughs> yeah, that's the point. <laughs> it's not an option. We're here to, to talk your ears off. So the second thing was I had a conversation with Nicole Davis, who was my mentor at USC and now a good friend of mine. And she also is a psychologist, which is so clutch. And she was saying the recognition and the awareness of the system you're in matters. So we are in a capitalist society. And like, unless you're born into a third world country, you're born into some sort of capitalist society where there is a rat race to make money. You need money to get resources to survive and to have experiences to enjoy your life. And she was saying, the first thing is the recognition and the awareness. Like I'm in a capitalist system. Like that's where we're functioning. And then two, detaching from that when it doesn't serve you. So recognizing when your attachment to that isn't productive, whether it's for your mental health, your life. And then three, this was helpful for me, was she said, like, why do you want big guests on RealPod? You know, and she said, I think I know you and I know the answer. And, you know, I was sit there thinking and I'm, of course, it brings me back to the conversations we've had OBS on the show where I'm like, I want these big guests. And then I'm like, I know that sounds bad, but I, I'm a good person. I have good, I, I keep saying like, I'm trying to like qualify it with, I promise it's like got good behind it, but I know that just saying I want a famous guest doesn't sound yeah. good. And then Nicole was like, well, I know you and I know you're not trying to go to these big parties or like be someone you're not or like get in with famous people. Like I love my friends, whatever. She said, the bigger the person, the bigger the impact. And that hits. And yes. I, like, I think that's what you've been trying to get to. That's the root of it. You want to make an impact and a good impact. Yes. And it's like, obviously, the bigger the guest, the larger the reach, the more people yeah. affected by a real ass conversation where two people are being vulnerable. And so for me, that was like the the, ver the words I didn't have to describe. Like, why do I want a bigger guest? Obviously, the bigger the impact, the more people will listen, the more people who will be affected by it. And absolutely. So I just feel like I had a lot of closure there. So to, for any of my people who were relating last week to this desire to achieve or to have success and not being able to kind of figure out why, those are the two big um, aha moments I've had. That's huge. Thank you, Nicole. Yeah. Thank you, Nicole. <laughs> we, we needed that. <laughs> um, have you had any breakthroughs? Just read the book in general since our last ep. I think what I've taken away from this is the presence with your feelings and kind of letting myself sit with a feeling and not trying to shove it away or, you know, even make sense of it. Just sitting with it, allowing it to be there and observing it has been my main takeaway from this book. And I found that the second you do that, he talks about it a little bit, but the second you give your emotion a little bit of space, it doesn't feel so big. Mm. It doesn't feel so important. It's like if you can take a step back from it and look at it from your consciousness, it it takes so much weight off of it. What was the situation? And do you feel like it was something that you would have buried the emotion or let it get bigger? Yes. So not to be so heavy right off the bat, but on Monday of this week, it was the 15-year passing of my dad. And, you know, I don't really think about it that day. Victoria is always so sweet. She always sends me flowers. She'll get me 21 roses because that's our 
What? I was just say, which I can stop doing if you if you don't want to think about the day. No, no, no. It's like so sweet. No, and like I try not to think about me. it, but this bitch sends me flowers with the number on it. Victoria <laughs> sent me the biggest fucking bouquet of roses I've ever seen. My boyfriend sent me a cake from the bakery shop that my dad used to bring me treats home from. Mm. Like so sweet. Like I love recognizing the day, but. You know, if someone asked me like, oh, what are you doing today? I, nothing. I'm not doing anything. It's a weird day to celebrate. Like, I don't know. So I, I shove it away and I was sitting on the couch that night and weirdly enough, Eckhart talks about incense. I've never burned incense in my life, but like I was having a weirdly calm day and I wanted to like foster that emotion. I don't know why. I wasn't anything to do with the day. It was just my emotions in general. And I was like, I love this feeling. I'm going to burn incense. I don't know what came over me. But I was sitting there and the incense was burning. And I was looking at the flowers. And I was on FaceTime with my boyfriend. And I was like, I'm going to hang up. And he texted me. He was like, are you good? And I was like, I'm having a wave of sad. And I just need to sit with it. And I just sat there and I cried for a second. And I just, it felt good to just sit in it instead of like, staying on FaceTime and like shoving it away and addressing like you know the fact are you tearing up I am sorry (laughs) oh oh my god you're so sweet um it just like felt you're gonna make me cry now um (laughs) it just like felt good to like sit in the sad for a second Mm -hmm. and just like you know, not like dwell in it god Vic sorry I didn't even know you could see my tears through Zoom (laughs) um and like it 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 felt good to just like let it happen and then move on you know yeah I I literally love that and I think it's like my tears are like happy tears in the sense of like the proudness of like how mature that moment is and also the kindness that you showed to yourself to like allow yourself to have the space to have the emotion and to not shame the emotion or get mad at yourself for the emotion, but to be fully present with it. And yeah. then to think that like it, it brought you so much peace and almost like, you know what I'm saying? It didn't, now it's like not something that came into your week of like a week of sadness. Absolutely. Like it was just like, I don't want, I don't know if I would, I, I would call it a special moment like that I had with myself. It was just nice. I love that. <laughs> crying in the first five minutes. <laughs> oh my god that's oh. so sweet you know it was nice although when so I think you. of you sitting and crying alone it's like very hard for me but I can <laughs> put my head in where your head is and I know that sometimes we need that you know <laughs> honestly having a husband sometimes is the worst because you share a bed with them <laughs> and you can't just like have your hysterically crying in bed alone nights Sometimes I just want him to like go away so I can just hysterically cry in my bed by myself because we need that. You're like, why do we share a bed? I just need to soak my pillow in my tears. And then it's like, if I want to have that moment, like he'll want to talk and like make sure I'm okay. And I'm like, no, I just want to play depressing music and keep it going right now. Yeah. Like, (laughs) let me ride this out. I will say what is very good about that. Like, he'll just let me kind of sob, which is nice. I love that. I love that. Of course. Yeah. I want to say like Max would would too if I like told him it was fine, but he's kind of like Max. <laughs> it's fine, I'm just in hysterics. Max around a crying woman is kind of like the way he's around a dog. Like he doesn't know what to do. 
and it gives you a pat on the head. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was fucking major. I, I, when I pitched that question, I did not think like I truly just was a combo starter. <laughs> it was a, it, I didn't expect it to come up as such a big moment in my week, but it really was. And like in the chapter, I don't want to get too woo woo, but I felt like he got a little woo woo here. Really? I felt like he was a little woo woo and like I don't know if it's because I just had this weird experience with the smell of incense. <laughs> so you're like, what are you doing to me, Eckhart? I'm like, Eki, like what's happening? And then he talks about burning. He's like, you need to open the windows. Where does he talk about incense? Did I miss that? So he talks about Is it in Breaking this... Free chapter six? Yeah. In the presence section. He talks about his neighbor who has a major pain body and ego, and she comes over and kind of unloads and finds presence through his silence which i think is so powerful like sometimes like people just need to get there on Wait, their own quick pause. i tried to do that with max this week he was like doing he was like kind of stressed talking and i was like just stare at him and be presence and i was like i, like, <laughs> I thought i was like uh what's it matilda like i thought i had like a superpower in this moment i was like i can disarm him like eckhart <laughs> Max is like, what the fuck are you doing? Can you say I know, something? I know, but then I catch my mind being okay? like, hey, when is this going to be over? Because I need to get a picture down by the water. And then I'm like, Victoria, back to the present moment. <laughs> is he done yet? Um, so he talks about how after this lady kind of comes over and unloads her ego into the space and all of her negative energy, it seems like he has this intuitive friend who comes back over and she's like, ew, what the hell just happened here? The energy is gross in here. Please burn some incense, open some windows. So the woo-woo part of me is like, I wasn't feeling anything all day. I start burning this incense. I'm like, does incense have some sort of power that releases negative emotions? I'm not a believer in that, but like, is that part of it? I don't think it's that it's a magical thing. Like there's a, a superpower to it. I do believe though that when you turn off your other distractions and you like take the moment to like physically cleanse a space, our mind has power. Like I believe in the power of like when you, you know, visualize an injury healing, like it's helpful to like, it's like a holistic thing, right? If you're thinking about yes. something negative and then like the way Eckhart talks about your thoughts affect your emotions, affect the intelligence of your body. So I yeah. fully am on board for like an incense or a moment like that or being open to the universe and presence, like having an impact. Yeah. Like, I think it just all got quiet and I was like, mm, I'm sad. But I know what you're saying about the woo-woo <laughs> thing, because when he was like, I brought a pain body with me and it latched onto this guy at the restaurant. That's the part that I was like, Eki. I also was like, did this happen? <laughs> Eki, are we making things up? But um, I don't think he would. But I also was like, what restaurant was this? And do we have like evidence that this occurred? I'm like, let's see the footage. I don't know about this. <laughs> <laughs> let's play the tapes. We're just kidding. I give you love you. But uh, <laughs> but I know I know what you're saying. And then I also think, too, when he mentioned the part about trial and he was like, it was my pain body that took me over. I definitely don't think we are going to be in a world ever where we're like saying it wasn't me. It was my pain body. I know it wasn't me. I will say, though, in my current life, I'll do something shitty and be like, Ugh, my ego. No, and it's like you can't just say it's your ego. You have to do something about it. <laughs> totally. I literally I feel like I was gossiping with a friend last night and I kept saying, OK, this is so my ego. 
blah, 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 No, totally. But at least we're, you know, we're developing the awareness. I will say, I did appreciate, though, on 163, so beginning of the chapter, which is perfect for us 15 minutes in to finally start our debrief. (laughs) Perfect. um, He said, does this mean that people are not responsible for what they do when possessed by the pain body? He goes, my answer is, how can they be? How can you be responsible when you're unconscious, when you don't know what you are doing? Which at that part, I was like, you're losing me a little bit. And then he said, however, in the greater scheme of things, human beings are meant to evolve into conscious beings. And those who don't will suffer the consequences of their unconscious, which I underlined. They will suffer the consequences of their unconscious. They are out of alignment with the evolutionary impulse of the universe. I liked that. You do deserve to suffer the consequence for the things you do, whether you're unconscious or not. But I can understand, like when I even think of my own life of things I did or said and I didn't have the the level of awareness that I have at this moment yeah I think it's like being forgiving with yourself for what you do when you're unconscious but not dismissing the consequences of that correct which is why it's hard for me when he says how can they be responsible they're not conscious I get what he's saying but I would rather yeah use it's the like word. not the it's not the they like the the higher self they but it's still them as a person. Correct. We are responsible for our actions, conscious or not. But I recognize the disconnect. And that's why I really, really love one of my favorite quotes that helps me with personal compassion and compassion for others is you did the best you could at the time with what you had, or they did the best that. they could at the time with what they had. And it is so true. That sentiment helps me a lot, whether it's regrets about the past and the way people handled things or I did for me too. like a lot of this book, it just brings up like family for me, like family issues, family dynamics. When this chapter talks about like pain body triggers. I am so curious what your pain body triggers and like I would love for you to help me identify mine. Like I don't know why it's not resonating with me, like what just a negative emotion is or my ego or my pain body give me your examples and then it's so tough because my examples involve relationships with other people and I feel like it's not fair to me to yeah but I feel like I could I feel like I could say this one of my triggers that I don't like and is really difficult for me is when I interact with someone who is under an influence and I wasn't aware that they would be under an influence. So when Max and I were dating early on, although he doesn't have any substance abuse issues, I told him, like, if you go out with your friends and you drink or you smoke, like, whatever, but let me know. Because if you just come home and you're drunk or you're high and I don't expect you to be that's a trigger for me. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas like for me, because I don't have any pain body around that, like if I, I don't, like that brings up nothing for me if someone comes home drunk or high, you know? Yeah, totally. And it's, it's, it's funny how just like, it, it's literally just a trigger just based on your past. Fully. So that to me is an obvious, when I think about pain body triggers, I think of that. I think also just like, emotional patterning like even if we think about it on less of it like a deep 
intense level and you just think about the way you interact with your parents, with your siblings, with your cousins, with aunts and uncles, when you get into emotional patterns with people throughout your life and you have them from when you were unconscious and you get into arguments. I know mine now. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Perfect. You get into little back and forths and then you're older and that same little jib jab happens that if a random person said it, you would not give a fuck or think twice. But when this person says it, it hits your pain body. Okay. I have like a million. Okay. Let's go. I think for the past six years, literally until I started dating Wood, my pain body was so powerful that I did not let anyone into my life because I was scared that they would leave mm. or treat me poorly. Mm-hmm. I I was, I don't know if it's because of my dad or past relationships, but like I was so walled up that I was like, I can't, I'm not going to let anyone in because I'm not going to get hurt again. Yeah. And I think I overcame that. I mean, fully because you've, a hun- you've let wood in a hundred percent. And I think that is a really good read on yourself. I think it's very true. And when I first, when literally when he was like, let's date, I was like, I have a little box of emotions that's not so fucking little and I keep it to myself. And if I give it to you, like I gave him the spiel and not knowing this was my pain body being like, all right, here's my little box of emotions. Don't hurt me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Yeah, I feel- but I guess it's a pain body I overcame because I don't live every day with the fear of him leaving or you know what I mean? Right. But I think it will always no matter where we're at with things, I think we can have little triggers like I feel like I can say this just because you've been talking a lot about your dad when you said that you and Wood were watching movies whenever it was and he put on like Father of the Bride and you were like, let's turn this off. Yeah. Like that's, well, a, that's no, a, you know what? That's you a pain body crazy? trigger. I didn't give myself the space of emotion. He had the awareness to be like. We should turn this off. And I was like, yep, yeah, thanks. Like, he was the one that recognized that. I I didn't even allow myself the space to be like, this is triggering me. Let's turn it off. Right. Right. Wow. Which is interesting how we diminish our own needs, you know? And actually, yeah. this reminds me of, I underlined this at the very end on 184. When you feel the pain body... Don't fall into the error of thinking there is something wrong with you. Making yourself into a problem. The ego loves that. God, that's crazy. I feel like that's this exact situation. That's the exact situation. This is dramatic. Like, you're fine. Like, you can, don't worry. Like, what? It's been so long. Like, you know, that's my, that's my narrative. Oh, it's okay. It's been so long. Like, why are you feeling this way? Yes. It's like, don't be dramatic. I think that's. A pain body too as like from my childhood i was always dramatic i was always too much so now i minimize my emotions so that i'm never dramatic never too much you yes know? yeah a hundred percent i double starred this because it hits so deeply like making yourself into a problem the ego loves that and it's funny because i don't even feel like i re- i flag that as ego i just flag that as like trying to fit in and trying not to be annoying or trying to just like make everyone around you have an easier experience this is so not as deep at all but at the airport recently I have my big bright pink suitcases right and I am wearing my sparkly hat and I just felt like I was taking up space by just being a tall blonde girl who like what 
I was just about to say, don't be afraid to take up space. Like I say that to myself all the fucking time. So literally I felt like because I was standing out a little bit and my connection, when I got off my flight, the other one was boarding. So I had to be like, excuse me, like, can I go in front of you? Like off the plane, I've got to connect. So it's like, then I'm like, oh my God, you're making a fucking scene. You have these big obnoxious pink bags. Like you're that like dumb bitch. Once again, I'm going into that role that like, I think people put me in when they just look at me. And then I like get to my plane. And as we're on the plane, I'm like on my phone. I had, I didn't have service for a week. So you know what? I'm looking at my phone while we're boarding and I'm like row 15. All of a sudden I look up and I'm at 17 and then I'm like, Oh fuck. I got to like tell the line, like to stop boarding. Cause I got to scoot back. Cause I was on my phone. And then I'm like, the flight attendant's like, where do you need to go? And then and then in my head, I'm like, you're causing this a big fucking scene. Like everyone on this plane is rolling their <laughs> eyes like this bitch with her pink bags. And then I just, I caught, I caught myself spinning this narrative of like who I was in this moment. And then I was like, just take a deep breath and be in the present moment. And then I thought to myself, can you even name one person on this plane and what they're wearing? No. What makes you think that they all are looking at you they're not no one gives a shit but I felt like I in that moment noticed the narrative I was my ego was spinning about like me being inferior me being annoying me being all these things and then I just tried to be into the present moment well you know what's also funny is that I feel like your ego makes you the main character like Joan is awful like that Black Mirror episode when you're just not you're another person on the plane yeah it's just like but even if the narrative is horrible, you're still, it's egocentric. Like you think everyone is looking at you. You know what I mean? Yes. And then I flip it on my head and I think if I saw someone in my shoes doing the exact same thing, I'm on my own personal journey where I would not view them with any of these horrible thoughts I'm thinking of myself. You know, I would try to grant them grace or, you know what I'm saying? Like I would just never meet anyone with a level of negativity. I constantly meet myself in my head on a daily basis. Yeah. You're your own worst critic. Speaking of that, on 162, which was literally the second page of this chapter, we're jumping all over the place today, everyone. Your mental emotional state cannot be concealed. Every human being emanates an energy field that correlates to his or her inner state. Most people sense it, even if it's subliminally. What did you think of that? I completely agree with that. Like, I think for the most part, when I meet someone, I can tell pretty quickly their vibe. I wish that I allowed myself a little more space to be like, I don't know if I like their vibe and just go with that. Instead of me thinking like, Aubrey, that's a horrible thought. Like you don't even know this person. But like, I feel like within like 20 minutes of meeting someone, you can tell a lot about them. And it's not necessarily what they say or what they do, but like, I feel like you can pick up a vibe pretty quick. You can tell who makes you feel good to be around. That's the interesting thing because in the earlier chapters, he was like, you don't want to label things because when you label things, it takes you out of the presence of like who they are. But then here it's acknowledging you can recognize and feel something that might be different. But I think you can experience without judgment. So I think you could experience someone and be like, whoa, feels like they're carrying a lot of tenseness, a lot of anger and frustration or not even judging it as those emotions, but ooh, there's a significant feeling I'm getting from this person. I think turning it on you, like how you're feeling around the person instead of labeling them. Well, you know what's interesting? And we've brought this up multiple times on this podcast, which is like, when do you 
have compassion and not label and when you set a boundary and like Max and I were talking about something we're going to be doing soon and there's just a person that like I don't love to be around and I started to check myself like should I be strong enough to be able to like handle this environment and is it a me thing or am I okay to recognize like that there's an energy here from this person that I don't want to I don't like and I I took the route of I feel like I can think of the factual amount of times I've tried to show up well, I've tried to make effort, I've tried to do all the things. So I'm at this point, like it doesn't serve me. And so I'm not going to subject myself to things that don't serve me. And so that's kind of where I landed with that. The energy is always an uncomfortable energy and I don't want to be around it. I I think that's totally fair. I was talking to Maureen, shout out Maureen, I know you're listening on boundary setting. And I was like, I think the point is that like you pick up a vibe, you don't label it or someone crosses a line with you. You set a boundary. You're like, I don't have people like this in my little energetic field. And then you move on. You flap your wings and yes, just let that go. Know that boundary set and then move on. You don't carry it with you. Your space is precious. That's the ecky way. I subscribe to that. The ecky way. I also wrote in the column here next to this exact paragraph me with potential quote friends I feel like that's one of my issues is I meet them and then I'm like no like I'm so specific about who I want to be friends with or who I vibe with but then it's like I'm my own worst enemy because I'm making a a harsh judgment on like an energy or a vibe check 20 minutes in and it's just not enough time you know I think for me I have the opposite problem that I'm now I think at age 26 like realizing that my mom always raised me as the we are friends with everyone. We are friends with everyone. We'll have playdates with everyone. Even if I didn't like them, I thought I had to be friends with everyone. <laughs> At age 26, I'm realizing I don't have to fucking be friends with everyone. Yeah. There's some people that don't serve me and I don't need to spread my energy so thin to be friends with everyone. So like my list is starting to dwindle and it's. It, it feels good to not feel so spread thin. Yeah. It feels good to like give 100% of myself to like the people who make me feel great and like serve serve me. I don't know. Not to sound selfish, but. I'm laughing because I imagine sweet Christina being like, Abu, we're going to have a play date with so-and-so today. And you don't even know they go to your school. Meanwhile. Dude, I had the weirdest kids <laughs> at my birthday parties. Me. And I was like, mom, <laughs> I'm dead. We're not Meanwhile, Lainey had me in her passenger seat like, listen up, gorgy girl. You only need enough friends that you can count on one hand. You hear me? One hand. My mom was so the opposite. My mom was being like, oh my God, is that the neighbor? Hide, hide, hide. We're not home. We're not home. (laughs) My mom raised me with the like hate everyone mentality. (laughs) And like we've talked about how like we've talked so many times on our podcasts throughout the years about how like I have so many friends and you're like more selective. And it's just crazy that that childhood just it seeps through your whole life. Look at my birthday party this year. I had a hundred people I didn't know on a boat for my birthday. <laughs> and and for my birthday, the same weekend, I didn't have enough friends to do anything with. So I came and I did your party and we did a little brunch on Sunday because I needed to escape it. Gosh, that's oh. wild. Speaking of pain body triggers, I notice the way that I'm do things that are like things my mom does. Like my mom is very, I love you, mom. She's also listening. Everyone loves Queen Lainey. She's the best. However, my mom can get very 
antsy and like want things done immediately. And I remember growing up being like, that's ridiculous. Like I need a two hour notice. Like dad's in the middle of something and I ask him to do this. Like she wants things done now. And I'll notice myself in work being like, where are we at with this? I need to know. I want it done. I just want it done. So it's off my mind. And I know, and I'm like, you're doing the thing that you saw modeled to you that you didn't enjoy. Like, why are you doing it? You know? You know, what's funny is I'm having the opposite experience of there are things that my mom, same thing, like used to do when I was little. I was like, how are you? Let's use like disorganized, like disorganized or like not listening or little things that I get called out on now and I'm finding such compassion for my mom for things that used to irritate me so much. It's almost like I recognize it in myself and I can smile and be like, oh, I didn't need to be so harsh with her about this. I'm turning into my mom and I think it's cute. (laughs) Interesting because you're like being a bit more lax and enjoying the flow and so not everything's like buttoned up perfectly. I was so tense growing up. And like, I didn't understand how she was so relaxed about certain things. And like, now I find myself relaxing and I'm like, oh, maybe she was onto something. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's great. To add in one more so I don't seem like the worst daughter in the world. <laughs> um, I will Sorry. say my mom, I've been able to hold so much compassion for her recently. I think It's interesting when you grow up and your mom does everything for you and you're used to never thinking about your own mom's feelings. And even speaking about losing your dad, my mom lost her dad to a sudden heart attack. And it wasn't until like Father's Day last year that I it finally occurred to me at like 25. Is this a hard day for my mom? I'm like, we just show up and we celebrate my dad. And like, of course, I think of you. But my mom doesn't have a dad today. And like, I never even put myself in the place of like thinking to care for her, hold space for her. And I saw this quote the other day that said, don't forget that this is your parents' first time at life too. Your mom said this to me when we were growing up. She's like, once you guys are moms, you'll just understand we're just people trying to raise little people. We're all just trying to figure it out. Yeah. And it's so freaking true. Yeah. And I, it's like we do want our moms to be perfect and we expect them to be and like, I just need to have compassion and recognize she's a person the same way I'm having these awakenings and I'm having compassion for the things that I haven't loved that I've done in my life. You know, I can hold that for my parents, both my parents, you know? Yeah. On page 165, this just reminds me of what you said in the beginning. And so I want to close the loop because I think feelings of unhappiness are super common. And it says, if you don't mind being unhappy, what happens to the unhappiness? And then on the next page, he says... There's space around it. It seems to matter less. That space, of course, comes when there is an inner acceptance of whatever you are experiencing in the present moment. And I just wanted to say that because I feel like that is literally the text of what you did. It's exactly what I did. Like I heard this thing. I want to lie and say I read an article. I did not. I saw a TikTok um, (laughs) where it is. It talks about how you feel your body feels an emotion for 90 seconds. That's it. So if you can sit with it for 90 seconds and like not react and make sense of it or not even try and make sense of it. I think the cycle is recognize there's an emotion in your body, sit with it until it simmers, reflect on the emotion and then choose how to react. Like I think I've gotten I'm not perfect at it, but I pride myself in being able to do that well. I love that so much. I want to 
piggyback off of it by reading this part from 172. Not all unhappiness is of the pain body. Some of it is new unhappiness created when you are out of alignment with the present moment, when the now is denied in one way or another. When you recognize that the present moment is always already the case and therefore inevitable, you can bring an uncompromising inner yes to it. And so not to only create no further unhappiness, but with inner resistance gone, find yourself empowered by life itself. I just wanted to say that because this is the Eckhart text that I think is embodying what you are saying. And then you can react. Your ego doesn't react. You react. Yeah. Something that like I literally started smiling at when I read was on 165. He said, there is nothing you can do about the fact that at this moment, this is what you feel. Now, instead of wanting this moment to be different from the way it is, which adds more pain to the pain that is already there. Is it possible for you to completely accept that this is what you feel right now? I underlined and highlighted that. I highlighted the exact same thing. Of course you did. <laughs> it's been really hard for me just in life to accept. Really hard for me, especially like the past two years of my life. And the Real Pet episode I did on like, you can't save someone who doesn't want to be saved. That is talking about acceptance. And actually in that episode, when I get to the acceptance part, I start to cry because acceptance was so hard for me. Yeah. I say was. It was like two months ago when I recorded that. But <laughs> back in the day. Yeah. But I don't know why I feel like I'm finally having a light bulb moment with acceptance. I feel like you are too. This book is really shifting it for me. I'm finally understanding. And it took me like years and lots of trying to change things. And now I'm just accepting and Something really, 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 really wild happened in my personal life that would very much trigger the pain body. And it would have been something that would have absolutely blown a bomb off in my life. And I literally breathed through it and accepted it and not to... Wait, one sec too is something that I saw differently in you was that I watched you fully accept that thing, not dismiss it. I think there's such a stark difference and you really like sat with it, let yourself feel it. And then like went on with your day, not shoved it away, you know? Yes. And actually, wait, I love how we're throwing so many like quick holds in me getting to this point I'm trying to make, because now I have another <laughs> little thing I want to say. Um, when you say like not to dismiss, you said I like, I fully was there. And if, yeah. Just expanding on like what it means to be fully there. This is a inspirational quote that Jeff Saad shared with me. Never react until one, I've thought about their why. Two, it's not about me. Three, empathize and understand. Four, use sheer love to dissolve all. Five, remember that being right never helps. Oh my God. Yeah. I truly feel like I went through that mental checkbox in that moment and it's what helped me be present. Can you post that on your Instagram so I can like make it my background? <laughs> I know. I'm going to send it to you. And now finally to close this little loop back on 112 in the chapter role playing the many faces of the ego. I think this was three or four at the top of the page. This is literally like one of my go-to quotes right now from the book in the midst of negativity, you are able to realize at this moment, 
I am creating suffering for myself. It will be enough to raise you above the limitations of conditioned egoic states and reactions. It will open up infinite possibilities which come to you when there is awareness. Other vastly more intelligent ways of dealing with any situation. And the fact that I like was able to put this into work. I'm so proud of us. Like you had your moment with the insights and your feelings. And then it's like I had this moment of the acceptance and the not blowing up. And I really feel like I'm I really feel like I'm growing as a person. Like I've changed. I do too. I also was like holding the book today. I was like, are we almost done with this? I literally am ready to reread it. I was thinking that too. Were you? I need to, re- I want to reread it. Like, cause every time Same. I look at, pa- immediately, I look at things and I'm like, oh my God, I didn't see that before. And now I get this. I want to be rereading this book for the rest of my life. Same. Okay. I guess at this point we should get back to some of the final few pages of this chapter. What else jumps out to you that you highlighted or, oh, or actually, you should go. I was just talking. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was going to say on 177, literally the same thing we've been talking about all episode, when he's yeah. talking about Satori, and he says, a brief stepping out of the voice in your head, the thought process, and their reflection in the body as emotion. It is the arising of inner spaciousness, where before there was a clutter of thought and the turmoil of emotion. The thinking mind cannot understand presence, and so will often misinterpret it. It will say that you are uncaring, distant, have no compassion, are not relating. The truth is you are relating, but at a level deeper than the thought and emotion. I went one sentence past that and I said, and I highlighted in the stillness of presence, you can sense the formless essence in yourself and the other as one. Oh my God. And then I highlighted the line after that, knowing the the oneness of yourself and the other is true love, true care, true compassion. If we put ours together, we highlighted that whole part. Perfect. I think what what I'm noticing from all of my highlights and like what sticks out to me is like the stillness and presence, all of those things jump out at me. Like, I think that's going to be my main takeaway in this read of the book. Yeah. There's so much power in doing nothing. I mean, he literally on one, the page to the left of that 176, I highlighted being present is always infinitely more powerful than anything you could say or do. I highlighted that too. No. That's the only line (laughs) I highlighted on the whole page. Wow. No, literally that's why when Max, when I were having that conversation and he was stressed, I was like, just be present. I'm like, this is the most powerful thing you can do. (laughs) I need to work on it. And like, I think, I think I'm good at it with myself and then I'm not as good at it with other people. Yeah. I think I'm out of things to say. Oh, my God. I don't think that's ever happened. I don't think so either. Well, this the first time I have one more thing I want to say, because we did jump around this whole chapter. Like even when I look at the last page, we talked about making yourself into a problem. So we've kind of covered the whole chapter. But the last thing I'll say, just because I think this will be helpful for people is and I relate to the pain body. I recently recognized a moment where I caught myself relying or needing Max to show up in a certain way to soothe me. Uh, And what I mean by that is I think a lot of my emotional state, my happiness, where I am relies on how he's showing up. And it's like, Mm -hmm. while I wouldn't say I'm codependent because I'm really independent. I mean, Max isn't here this weekend. I'm going out of town for two weeks. Like that physical, physically, like I'm independent, but I think when we're together, I have an emotional tie to like where he's at. And if he's not the goopy, funny Max, cracking jokes, making me laugh, like if he's not bringing all that energy, I'm like, huh, I don't like this. And then I sense myself want to be like, what's wrong? Why are you being so negative? Like not being patient with him and allowing him the space to have a bad day or an off day. And so I've been really telling myself, 
you can self-soothe. You can self-soothe. And we were on a trip recently and I didn't feel like we were spending a lot of personal time together one-on-one. And then I caught myself being like, Victoria, he's with his family who doesn't live near us. He never sees them. He's golfing with his brother. He never sees. You see him all the time. Like you can self-soothe. You can be alone. You can go talk to someone else. And I really worked through it. And it would have been something where he came back from golf and I would have been like, you had to golf twice on a, on a vacation. Like I would have maybe been a bit of a bitch about it and been like, I just, we haven't spent time together. And I completely self-soothed. I worked through it myself with breathing and presence and, and I never brought it up to him and we never had an issue. And like, that was also a place I think I grew from what we've read. You just summed it up perfectly, but you are not alone in that issue. (laughs) (laughs) Same thing. I I had to learn that early because I was taking everything personally. Like early on, we're long distance. Wood would have an off day. And I'm like, he hates me. He doesn't want to be with me anymore. And this is what it is. He's like, no, dude, I just had a long day at work. I was like, oh, I don't believe you. But okay. Like it, it took me a long time to realize like, they deserve space for their emotions. They don't always be ha- have to have a good day for you, you know? Yeah. It's so true. You know what I'm realizing? What? That this chapter was called Breaking Free. And I feel like we've had some very powerful break free moments. <gasps> I feel like I've had so many break breakthroughs. And like, I am excited that this episode is airing later because I'm excited to listen to it back and see be able to reflect on it. I feel like I've been learning so much listening to our episodes. It's like, it helps me again, think about how I'm thinking about it and then think about it differently. Wood's mom was texting me and she was saying that she, shout out Carolyn. Hi, Carolyn. Um, Hi, Carolyn. I can't wait to meet you. (laughs) (laughs) She was saying that she needs a second to absorb it. And I was like, I am reading it, listening to the audio book, recording these episodes and then listening to the episodes back. And I still feel like I need to reread this whole book. Dude, after seven more times, literally after listening to episode one, which by the time we're recording six right now, everyone episode one just aired. I listened to episode one thinking we're going to lose a lot of people like this shit gets dense quick. Like if any of you are still listening at this point, like I love you. (laughs) I know. Thank you for being here. There's tears. There's laughs. There's there's anger. (laughs) But it's really it's really dense. Like I completely relate. Oh, my God. Yeah. (gasps) Well, this was maybe my favorite episode so far. Oh, so much fun recording. Me too. Well, I'm gonna record on Saturdays more. I know we I should feel like we're in such good moods and just happy. Yeah, okay, let's do that. I'm down. Um okay, well, yay, we only have seven, eight, nine, four chapters left. Oh. Oh. Ah. Okay, well, I'm excited to be so awoke. Was that a word you use? <laughs> yeah, I know. It was literally awakened. How dumb was I? Um I backed you on it. We should, oh my God, we should make merch that says Awoke. Awoke? Oh my God, that's hilarious. That's really funny. Okay, we'll think about it. (laughs) Anyways, we love all of you and we'll be back next week. Good luck with your reading. 
Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Obs and I are so excited to read the next chapter of A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. We'll be back again next Friday with our recap, so you have plenty of time to read if you want to keep up with us. Be sure to follow the show on Instagram at RealPod. So much to say is a part of the RealPod family, so you get everything right there. And you can also follow us individually at Victoria Brown and at Aubrey Gavello. Okay, thank you. Love you. And we'll see you next week.